Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's a Thursday and I have minutes, so maybe I'll do the Parsha podcast now. Uh, this week, of course, is Achrimos. Now Pesach is behind us. We find ourselves in the middle of Sephira, uh, which is actually kind of interesting in relation to this Parsha, as you'll see in a minute. At least I think so. Um, when we all know that Achrimos basically has two big themes. you got Yom Kippur, and then Davodos uh, Yom Kippurim, of course, and uh, what else? you have the incest laws, that sort of thing, the rise. Now, um, on the other hand, the Parsha begins as we all know very enigmatically, very enigmatically, it refers to the death of the Nodavio. Something like that. That before he talks about Yom Kippur, they tell us when, and sort of almost where. It says, uh, after Nonavio died, we already talked about Nonavio about a month ago, I think we had Parsha Shmini. We don't know why they died. There's a lot of different reasons. I mean, a whole lot of different possible reasons. And not only that, but if you do your research, or if you know your Midrashim well, you may possibly know that it's not exactly clear which sin that they committed was the one that zapped them, that caused them to die. It's very interesting. Uh, notice what it says. It doesn't say In the other part, it said they brought kind of some kind of a strange fire. Of course, as I mentioned already long ago, you have to understand when you get to something non via, what does a fire mean? After all, it says a fire came and burned them. But they say it doesn't mean it burned them because it says Gufon in this reference that their body remained intact and only the sham was burned. So what does it mean the sham was burned? The sham was not physical. Therefore, it can't be regular fire. You can't burn something that's not physical, not with physical fire, unless it means. Unless Aish, the fire that burned them, was a different sort of Aish. Aha! Uh-huh. So we're not literal anymore. You're trying to figure out what the metaphor is, what the marshal is. Okay. So all the st- philosophers step forward, please. Uh, what does it mean? A fire came and burned their, their neshama and left their goof. Uh, that's heavy stuff. And by the way, the fire came, min Does that mean from upstairs, from the sky? Shamayim doesn't mean the sky, does it, right? You know that. So Shemayim means from the heavens. Well, what's the heavens? It's not all the way up there. Heavens is a different uh, mode of Mitzias, uh, as we call it, metaphysics. A uh, is like a world. So how does it, so in other words, it's a world that exists, but it's not in time and it's not in space. So how can a fire go from there, as it says that in the Nodom Review? At spatial terms, it went from A to B. So you see what I'm getting at, which is that they were killed. By the time the story's over, they are dead. Uh, they were killed with a fire whatever that means, that was Yotze, whatever that means, from Shamayim, and then came down and zapped them. Uh, and there's even Lashonas, like the two, um, you know, strings of fire went up their nose. And, but again, it's, 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 but it's not, because their goof was Kayim. And their Nisham was not inside your nose, correct? It's not even in your brain. So, how do you decode all this? That's fascinating. And the only reason I mention is, this Parsha goes through the trouble of telling you that God told Moshe Rabbeinu all the rules about Yom Kippur, which is very important, but only in the context of Achri Moshe Ben Aaron. 
It's like very interesting. Listen, the whole story is a little strange. I'll tell you what I mean. Uh, when did this conversation take place about Yom Kippur? Well, after none of you died. Well, when is that? That's one year after they left Egypt. Almost, you know, uh, a week less. Uh, right? I mean, the golden calf was, uh, you know, and she was Thomas after they left. They left on Pesach, of course. And by the time all that stuff is over, you have the first Yom HaKippurim, meaning God gives them the second tablet and gives them a second chance on the day that you and I referred to as Yom HaKippurim on the 10th day of Tishrei, but it wasn't Yom Kippur at that time. And afterwards, they construct the Mishkan, but the Mishkan is only supposed to be erected in Nisan, Rosh Hashanah Nisan. And as we know, when the Mishkan was erected, then they had an inaugural week of seven days and eight days, by Yom HaShmini. And so none of you who died during that day, in the eighth day, that's why he's a Pasha Shmini, um, they die a week before Pesach, shall we say? Meaning a week before the second Pesach in history. Almost a year after they left. And it's on that occasion, it seems, that day or a day later or something like that, that Hashem said, by the way, I want to tell you about a certain holiday. It's not coming for six months. Isn't that strange? Uh, and Aaron will run it. And uh, he'll be the high priest to atone for all the sins of Israel. Uh, why then? Why a week before Pesach? And I mean, it's, it's, it's almost a very interesting and strange story. But what I'm trying to say is, there's no question that the Yom HaKippurim process somehow must be intimately tied to decoding the message of what exactly happened to Nonavir, what precisely was their fate. As I mentioned before, and we are in the, in the uh, Sphero season, when we're commemorating the deaths of students of Rabbi Kiva. Well, guess what? Rabbi Kiva weighs in on this. In the Sifra, the Torah's Konim, if you ever look at that, that's a Tanenic measure, very authoritative. Uh, there was a va- fascinating debate between Rabbi Kiva and Yosef Aglili. These are two people you find often debate. Rabbi Kiva was the old man. Yosef Aglili was the new guy in the block, the younger person who was very brilliant and was always uh, have uh, plucked us all over shots with uh, Rabbi Kiva. Sometimes he wins, sometimes not. And it says, They died in our parsha. I'm talking about not what it says in Shemos or elsewhere. I'm talking about what it says in our parsha. It says, They died because they went where they were, they got too close to God. Or if you want to be real technical with me, they went close to Yudke Vavke. Now, it doesn't say they brought a, a, a bad carbon, but elsewhere it does. So what's going on over here? Why in connection with Yom Kippur does it say the sin was that they went somewhere that they weren't supposed to go? Whereas elsewhere it says they brought a carbon that they're not supposed to bring. Listen to this. In the Sifra, in the Torah's Kanim, it says, Rabbi Yosef Mesu Velo Al Hakrava. See, it's very clear, Rabbi Yosef Galili. What killed them was walking into the Kodesh Kodashim, or the equivalent of Kodesh Kodashim. Not the fact that they brought a fire. Rabbi Kiva disagrees, and he says uh, a bunch of words, and when it's over, Alakrova mesu, below mesu alakirva. That they died for the, for the offering that they brought, the strange fire. They didn't die because they went where they weren't supposed to go. Isn't that amazing? And Rabbi Lezman Azariah, as is often the case, says, you're both right. You know, Kedai akrovaliatim, Kedai akrivaliatim, even was a terrible sin. Now, let me get this straight with you. Both rabbis agree on the facts. They both say that they walked in where they weren't supposed to go, and they both say they brought an offering that they weren't supposed to bring, a strange fire, uh, whatever that means. But what was it that moved God to kill him? One says the crime that got him zapped was the walking in the Kodesh Kodoshim, they weren't supposed to walk where the equivalent of Kodesh Kodoshim. And the other one says, no, that's not what got him killed. Uh, what got him killed was 
the uh, bad offering that they brought there. You know, you're only supposed to bring certain types of carbonas, and they want to do a different one, a Zara. Uh, that's fascinating. Why? Who's the one who says which? Rabbi Akiva says it was the Hakrava, not the Kirva, meaning Rabbi Akiva says that they weren't killed because they went into a place that was too holy for them. They did that, and that was wrong, but they, that's not what killed them. Uh, it was the fact that they tried to bring a, an H. Zara. Hmm. Uh, why am I mooing around over here? Well, Rabbi Kiva is the person who was one of the four who went into parties, isn't he? And uh, he went where you're not supposed to go, or let's put it this way, where it's dangerous to go. They went into the mental Kodesh Kodoshim, the spiritual Kodesh Kodoshim, the parties, or as the Kabbalists called the Hecholos, which means they enter into a quote-unquote dangerous zone, they did not hesitate to do so. And indeed it was dangerous, because we all know the story of the parties. Three out of four went down. One was killed, one went uh, nuts, and one went off the derech. Uh, great people too, right? The Benazim, Benzoma, Elisha Benavuya. Excuse me. So, but Rabbi Kiva made it, he's a nichnosom yotzebashom. So you don't find Rabbi Kiva says, I'm sorry I made this trip. You don't find that. Nichnosom yotzebashom. He gained insights in Ruchnius. Uh, it's a fascinating, because here also, he says, maybe none of an Aviyah did something like that. That's not what gets you killed. What gets you killed is if you do the wrong thing in there. Do you remember the story of the Pardes? They said, watch out. When you go in these mental states, and you're driving your mind, your neshama, into wherever it goes in heaven, to mentally, but but really, to uh, go into the higher uh, spheres, the uh, castle where God lives, as they call it, the Hecholos, uh, watch out not to make a wrong move. Remember they said... Uh, you might run into a place that looks like water and really it's marble. So you might, you know, like these kids that run through and, and they think it's glass. And uh, I mean, they don't realize it's glass. They think it's air. And they go and they break it and they, and they get all sick and covered mm-hmm. with blood. Rabbi Akiva says that no, no, we may have done that. but uh, And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. 75% of us that went in got hurt. But I didn't. I didn't. And when he contemplates the story, Rabbi Akiva contemplates the story. What does it say about none of an avio? Vaydaber Hashem al Moshe Achri Moshe Nei Bnei Aaron Bekarva Som Lefnei Hashem Vayemusu. They perished in the attempt. Why did they perish in the attempt? Allah Krova Mesa Velo Akirva. That's his words. It wasn't because of the attempt. Isn't that fascinating? Because I did it too. It wasn't because of the attempt. It's because they messed up, and it's very dangerous to do. But on the other hand, what kind of a death is that? It's a death of uh, spiritual ecstasy. Uh, you know, they're really going beyond, you know, like one of these old Star Wars things. You know, you're going beyond, beyond, I forget how the expression goes. But, you know, beyond where, 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 where people have ever gone. A really spiritual person wants that. Uh, why do I say this? We all know the story of Rabbi Kiva himself, who when he was finally captured in his old age by the Romans, everybody knows this, Rakochwa time, what did he say? They tortured him. And he said, I've always been looking to be kind of the midst of Kiddush Hashem. That's either rhetoric or it isn't. But if it isn't, then think, you hear what he just said? I've always been interested in trying to find an occasion where I could die out Kiddush Hashem. Whoa. He doesn't simply mean to be shot down for loyalty to God. That's good too. But he means in a spiritual way, which is why when they tortured him, he didn't feel it and all this sort of thing. Uh, imagine that. See, he sees none of an and People like that, intrepid. They're willing to go to uh, dangerous areas, to go into Kodesh Kadoshim, as it were. 
uh, in seek of some greater spirituality. Uh, by the way, there are words in the Sifra that actually say, it's actually in Shmini, that they went in from Simcha, extreme Simcha. Isn't that interesting? Uh, I forget the exact words, but if you look it over there in in um, in the, it's a certain part of the Sifra, the, in, in, in uh, Parsha Shmini, where they die, it says uh, that they were in Simcha Rabbam, and they went Yosem Mimichitzosam, I think that's the language. Which means they were looking to uh, transcend the normal human limitations. This makes no idea to be two very interesting individuals. That's what I'm trying to say. They weren't simply two arrogant people and all that. It makes them very interesting individuals. And fascinating to Rabbi Akiva, because he said the HR was the problem. Um, boy, this is from a person himself went into Pardish and uh, was able to make the journey. This is from a person who was fully prepared when he made that journey in the parties that he too will die from Kalosa Nefesh or something along those lines. He just didn't want to bring an Ezra. But if Kirvasam of Hashem leads him to have a fire and burn his Nesham and leave the goof, in other words, to have a spiritual death, he was willing to do that. Uh, and it's interesting. The problem is when you bring strange fires, Ezra. Why do I say this connected with the, with the Sphera? First of all, Rabbi is a big person in the sphere. Second of all, um, what did students die from? You see where I'm going? It's Ezra, all this business that they, you know, didn't treat each other right, and the no low nagu covets it, all, however you interpret all that. Uh, it's Ezra in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. If you have 24,000 students, and the learning is such a high level, which of course it was, and everything's so intense, it's like a certain Kodesh HaKadoshim of its own, and then you got to watch out, particularly when that environment, watch out for the Ezra. Because if you don't know what you're doing, boom. And that's what happens, it seems, to his students. And that's one of the reasons why you make a big deal of it and commemorate it through uh, mourning practices down even till today. Uh, now, on the other hand, Rabbi Yosef Ali didn't see it that way. Rabbi Yosef Ali said, no, they, they're not supposed to go and do that. You know what I'm saying? They're not supposed to go and do that. It's, it's a madrig of art. You don't go in Kodesh Kadashim. Uh, you don't go in a partis. Uh, that's for Yechidi Skula. And uh, only when you're fully uh, ready. And uh, he doesn't agree with Rabbi Kiva. It's a, big, it's a big debate. It's really interesting to me because all these are real people. There was a person named Rabbi Kiva. There's another person named Yosei Gulli. I think everybody knows basically the story of Rabbi Kiva. I don't think so many people know the story of Yosei Gulli. He's a very fascinating individual because Rabbi Kiva was the old man or Yosei Gulli was the young guy that came in and, uh, you know, like the young hotshot guy in the yeshiva who immediately became a Tana and started arguing and debating the master, Rabbi Akiva, repeatedly throughout Shas, and 50% of the time he wins. Uh, is this interesting? We go look it up. There are actually people written about this. And, uh, and Rabbi Akiva acknowledged that, you know, this guy's really hot. And uh, I want to tell you something. I, what happens to be right now, in the summer, me and my chavrusa, Steve Kaplan, were doing a uh, mikvahs. just happens to be. And after, for reasons. And uh, they were holding me close. When I started doing, thinking about this podcast, there's a very famous, or, well, it'll be famous in a minute, there's a very interesting Tosefta at the end of Mikvos. Really, really interesting in terms of human beings. We have a big fight, a debate, between Rabbi Kiva on the one hand, Rishi Galili on the other. Uh, also about spiritual matters. You know, one second, I'm going to read it to you. One second. We pull it out over here. It's the last Tosefta Mikvos. You have a funny case. 
You know, paraduma water that you sprinkle people on is, is tummy. It's an avatuma. And now a cow went ahead and drank it. Uh, somebody wasn't watching the cup. <laughs> a cow drank the water <coughs> of the paraduma that they're going to sprinkle on people. Is the cow a tummy? Uh, the water is. And shortly thereafter, they shechted it. This really happened. I'm reading you the words of the Tosefta. So he had a weird story where somebody wasn't watching properly, the obviously the part of doom water, and the, I guess the par itself, or I don't know, went ahead and uh, and drank the, the mechatas water as a screw up in the system. Now, the question goes like this. Here's an animal that drank something that's av- avatuma, but we all know that when an animal's alive, it can't become tummy. But when it's dead, it can. And since it was mesele, since it happened very quickly, so the water is not assimilated into the body. So basically, it's like, like a chulin with the milk, you know. So the part of the water is inside the animal. Is the animal tummy? And uh, I know it's a weird case, but apparently it happened. Rabbi Yossi Aglili Metaher. Rabbi Kiva Metami. Isn't that interesting? Rabbi Yossi Aglili says the animal's okay, you can eat it. And Rabbi Kiva said no. And it says, see, Rabbi, Rabbi Tarfin is Yossi Aglili. Rabbi Tarfin, who was loaded, but Rabbi Tarfin is a Kohen. He supported Rabbi Yossi Aglili because... Uh, I'm not going to be overly reductionist over here, but, uh, you know, if it's Tommy to Kohanim, can't eat it. See, Reb Shimbananas, Reb Kiva. So, this Bar Plukta pulled somebody, a Tana, to support him, and he, the other, and Reb Kiva did the same thing. See, look, Reb Shimbananas, Reb Tarfin. See, in the arguments, Reb Shimbananas, who supported Reb Kiva, knocked out Reb Tarfin, and see, look, Reb Kiva, knocked out in the, in, the, in the sense of argument. And then Reb Kiva, who was the older and and leading scholar, uh, he defeated Rabbi Yosei Aglili. Uh, and, he, and, he, and he won the case that the animals actually eat tummy. Um, and then, Achrizman Matzlo Tshuva. Subsequently, Rabbi Yosei Aglili looked around and found a riot to his point of view. Basically, he said like this, I thought I was wrong, but I was wrong when I thought I was wrong, like Lord Whitehead. And I realized I was right, and the animals actually tar. Amr Lamani Lachzar. This is interesting, it's a sefta. So he said to Rabbi Kiva, I agreed with you, but now I changed my mind. Am I allowed to change my mind? Once I said the star K is right, and now can I say that I changed my mind? They're wrong? Armor low. And listen to this. Rabbi Kiva said to him, Lo l'chol adam. I wouldn't allow anybody else to do that. Usually if you come out and you paskin one way, that you can't back back off. El l'cho. But you're the only one I would allow. You notice you have a special status. Shatohu Yosei Aglili. You are the famous Yosei Aglili. Isn't that something? You're the famous Yosei Glee. So Mizi held of him, even though they disagreed strongly in this matter. Omer lo hari Omer, what's the raya, by the way? Back in Parshish Para, when they talk about the Paraduma water, so it says, And he interpreted to say, It's only, it's only, it's only, um, uh, I'm sorry, it's only have a din of, of Paraduma water, when it was kept for that purpose, but not when it's drunk by a cow. He held that that's a, a, a scriptural proof against Rabbi Kiva. And let's put it this way, Rabbi Kiva defeated. He said, you know, you got a good point over there. And then they got mystical. Rabbi Tarfin was standing there. I find this fascinating. And he said, I applied to you the Pusuk in Daniel about the ram and the unicorn. You, Rabbi Kiva, are the ram, and you... Uh, the young guy, uh, Yosef Glilo, the unicorn. He 
quotes a pasuk Reisis Ayam and Agiach Yom of Tzafonav and Egbo Chais Yom Dolfonav. One of the dreams in the book of Daniel, one of the messianic dreams, is the ram and the unicorn, in which uh, Daniel is uh, having a, a vision, a, a nevuah, and he sees a gigantic ram with two horns, and it's the most powerful animal, killing everybody, and that, and it's big and and, and, and tall and powerful. Zerabi uh, Kiva. But then he says, I see Tzvir Ho'izim Bomin Amarav. But then in Daniel it says, I see a unicorn, uh, you know, a, a, a certain goat with a horn coming out of its head, a unicorn, slowly but surely charging at the big ram. And Zerabi said, Glili. And he defeated him and crushed him. Right? Broke his horns. Said, choose Rabbi Kiva Shemananas. Meaning the unicorn, or Rabbi Kiva tries to debate Yosei Aglili, and it loses. By the time it's over, the unicorn tramples and crushes the rams. They're Rabbi Kiva. Which means that he won, Yosei Aglili, and all the others that came in that day supported his position that this animal is tar. You see the stature of these bar pluktas, of these two people that are, are debating, and when it just made me think that when they're arguing, Achri Aaron, was it the Kirva or the Hakrava? Was there something wrong with walking in? You see, Rabbi Kiva is giving more like a mystical kind of business. It's okay to go in where you're not uh, ordinarily allowed to go if you're willing to take the risks. Ariosa Glili is more of a rule follower. He says, No, you're not, you're not supposed to go where you're not supposed to go. And that's exactly what killed Nanavan of you. Uh, how does it all connect with the uh, Yom Kippur? I think you can see where it's going. Uh, Nanavan of you didn't do it right. Make sure Aaron does it right. I remember Hasidic interpretation saw long ago where uh, Nanavan of you may have been, they want to do the Ketoras, basically, uh, you know, which is the central, one of the central um, rituals of Yom Kippur. And the Ketoras has the good Jews and the bad Jews, you know, the good spice and the bad spices. And that's like really important. God wants everybody in there in Yom Kippur all the time. I've spoken in podcasts about it before. I'm not going to repeat myself. The ideal Jewish community is the one that includes sinners. Not that they're dominant, but uh, if they're not, then that's the ideal Jewish community, not the one that everybody's from. And uh, none of them want an HR. They want only where everybody's from. Didn't have the right uh, understanding of how to go into the uh, Kodesh Kadashim. Uh, you have to be informed with a certain mahalach, a machshava, that you're going on behalf of the sinners as well as the non-sinners. I think it was a breath lover, somebody said that, I can't remember, but uh, that makes very good sense. So all I'm saying, and with this I'll close, you know, when you see these um, debates about Akhir, it's very enigmatic, it's very mysterious, and uh, Rikiv is a major mystic, and uh, he's obviously not going to see uh, the fact that not run into the Kodesh Kodesh and mitoch simcha uh, as something in and of itself bad, or let's put it this way, that's not going to get you killed. On the other hand, if you don't know what to do once you're in the Kodesh Kodesh, like the other three people didn't know what to do when they're in the Pardis, uh, then the, the consequences can be fatal, as they were for uh, Nodem Avil. So when it says, Gufan Kayim, the body remained, but Nishmas and Nisrefes, this can be understood two ways. One is their neshama was burned up. It's like a negative. They coarsened. Uh, it was uh, vulgar. The neshama was burned. Or you can say like this. The neshama went up in a flame of ecstasy. In which case, neshama and has the way they want to go. 
Everybody wants to, you know, but so to speak, be translated to heaven, just like that. And uh, these are two different models of Mikibur, are they not? These are two different models of Mikibur. Maybe I'll develop this uh, later in another time. Have a good job. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.